Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Football Friday. National Football Show, your boy Dan Cilio. Welcome aboard. I know the Eagle fans, uh, it's not quite the Football Friday that you were hoping for, but again, a lot of news concerning the Eagles. Will the Birds go after this one particular player? I'm going to hit on that here in a minute. I've got three players that I'd like to see the Philadelphia Eagles draft. Also, we're going to have the National Football Show's very own Chris Landry. He is my draft expert. He has been for over 20 years. We're going to ask him what direction the Philadelphia Eagles should go. If you would like to also bring your favorite team in and ask maybe the direction, say, of the Steelers, have at it. I will throw that in there as well. Welcome aboard. Like I said, please hit the like button. We're going to talk a lot of draft here today. But I first want to start it out by saying this. I had a conversation with people that were around Zeke Zandu. Zeke Zandu is Odell Beckham Jr.'s agent. And at the end of this year with the Los Angeles Rams, Odell Beckham will be a free agent. Now, a lot of people in the media are thinking that he's going to sign with the Rams. He'll take less money. He'll be okay being the number three guy in Los Angeles. Remember, Woods comes back next year, and he'll be healthy, and Odell Beckham is really the third dude on that totem pole. Will he stay in Los Angeles? According to his agent, they're going to look at the open market, and they're going to look at the best financial place, plus the best opportunity for him to get back to being a one. Now, that's if you think Odell Beckham Jr. is a one. They threw some teams out, the Buffalo Bills, the Packers, the Saints. I was shocked on the Saints because I think they still have to address the quarterback. But that leads me to believe that the Saints may go big game hunting in this coming offseason for a big-name quarterback. You bring Beckham in, you're not going to have Tyson Hill throw him the ball. So they may be trying to attract some of these big fish guys like a Russell Wilson to New Orleans 
by putting a guy like Odell Beckham Jr. back in as a number one next to Michael Thomas. Have to figure that out down there in New Orleans. So I kind of, after I thought about it, realized it. The Philadelphia Eagles were one of those teams as well. And I was asking the people around Zeke's uh, corner if this was something that was out of his mouth, this was a direction that you guys were aiming him in. He goes, no, I like what they're doing in Philadelphia. This is what the people in Odell Beckham Jr.'s camp were saying. I like the direction of the Philadelphia Eagles. So all I'm saying is, is that you're on a list for Odell to consider. Would Howie Roseman and the owner consider bringing an Odell Beckham in for the 2020 season? Boy, man. And by the way, we're just loaded too. Guys, I'm going to get to you here in a second, okay? I'm just absolutely loaded because I've got three players that I'd like to see the Philadelphia Eagles draft in the first round. I've got the names. And like I said, we're going to go over them with Chris Landry at the bottom of the hour from Landry Football. Odell Beckham Jr. in Philadelphia. On the other side of Devontae Smith. How does that sound? Has he ever been a bad teammate? No. Does he bring a circus? Kind of. Has he shown you he's still got the capability of being a big-time wideout over these last two months? You know, when Woods got hurt, has he kind of stepped into that role? I think he has. Now the question is, would he fit in Philly? You've had drama queen quarterbacks and wide receivers in your city. You had the biggest drama queen in the history of wide receivers in T.O. So don't tell me a player with that personality doesn't fit in a city like Philly. I'm talking personality-wise now. You guys set the bar. You can't leap over that bar. There's no leaping over it. T.O.'s the guy, okay? There's a mountain standard. He is the mountain when it comes to people that were gigantic polarizing figures. Okay? Chico says the Eagles have to take a risk. Hmm. You know, as I was coming on the air, because I was getting some tidbits from Zeke Zandu's people, Odell Beckham Jr.'s agent, I, I, I was thinking, how would that go over in that locker room, having a personality like that in the Eagle locker room. You know, he, he's married now. He's got a kid. You know, how about this, guys? I would take him on my team at the right price. Okay? Big Chris says, I heard he liked the L.A. lifestyle. Dude, he's married now. He's got a kid. He's not going to be paid more money than Cooper Cup, and he's not surely going to be paid more money than Woods. He's never going to get the targets in Los Angeles. Is a personality like that, like Odell Beckham Jr., okay with being the third dude in the room? Okay, I don't think so. Andrew, what's up, brother? Now, by the way, in case you're new to the program, please hit the like button like I said. We go back and forth with all of you. We interact here. And I'm throwing it out. Would Odell Beckham Jr. work in Philadelphia? I say he would. 
I would still want another possession guy because of what I've been saying over the last couple of weeks. They need a big-time possession guy who can block in the run game. But Odell Beckham saying that he'd have interest in coming to Philadelphia, I'm also interested in that, but at the right price. Paul says, I remember having Odell having conversations with place-kicking nets. I don't give a shit about that, Paul, as long as he gets 10 catches for 100 yards. He could talk to his shoes. I don't care if he's a weirdo. I don't care if he dresses and dresses. If he goes out there and balls and gets 10 10 touchdowns a year, 10 catches, 1,500 yards, I don't care about that crap. That's like telling me you wouldn't want Dennis Rodman on your team. What are you, crazy? The greatest under seven-foot rebounding center or guy who ever played the five in NBA history, he's got just as many rebounding titles as Will Chamberlain. Oh, he dressed up in a dress. I don't care about that shit. Okay? What what numbers are you going to put up? Odell wants to kiss the net. I'll make him one. Okay? Does he still have it, and would you want him on your team? Bro, that would make you, again, one of those media darlings because for whatever reason, people follow and love this guy. Beckham is going to be a name in the open market. How big of a market? See, this is where I think the Eagles get a chance to get a break and a deal. Do you remember here? I'm going to give you a great example of where. Let me give you a great example of where Odell Beckham is in his career. Do you guys remember when um, Randy Moss was with the Raiders? You guys remember that? He was a colossal failure with the Raiders. A massive failure. Do you know what the New England Patriots traded for him? They got a six-round draft choice and a player, I think. They got nothing for him, the Raiders. They just gave him away. That's where Beckham is. He goes to New England, reinvents his entire career, and he turns into and finishes off the Randy Moss career. Albeit, he had Tom Brady. I I get it. He had somebody that could get him the football. Okay? I I was shocked when I heard the Eagles were one of those teams. Bernie says he's a baller. He lies it on the field every single game, every single time he's out there. People may follow him, but I'm not one of them. Andrew, I understand. Here's a guy, again, okay? that has circled, that has circled the Eagles. All right, think about that for a minute. Don't forget, Chris Landry, bottom of the hour. We are going to dissect the Eagle draft coming up, and we're going to give you our personal thoughts on it, okay? Here are the three first-round draft choices that I have selected for the Eagles. These are the three ones that I think that they should earmark for this upcoming April draft. Had a chance to look at some of the players, in my opinion. Also, this is going to be where I think they'll be in the draft order and where I think top end, bottom end, the middle, where are these players? you got to remember something. You can want the Jordan Davises. You can want all the N'Kobe Deans you want. 
but those players are going to go in the top 10. I don't see how he moving up and moving into the top 10 for one of these players and surrendering a first-round draft choice. I, I just don't see that. So here are the three. I talked to a couple guys. I talked to Dave Remington. Dave Remington has an award named after him. He's a two-time Outland Trophy winner. And I asked him about Tyler Linderham, Linderbaum and asked what he thought of him. I said, 6'3", 290 pounds. He goes, he's probably around 6'2", but he can play. And he's one of those guys that can play 10 years for you. And I said, I mean, can you make a comparison? Yeah, he goes, he's like Stepnoski was. If you guys remember the old Dallas Cowboys center, Mark Stepnoski, he's a little bit like that. And this would be a selection that, get this, according to Bledsoe, which is the NFL scouting service, here is a player that is value pick, which means this. He's the top player in his category, center in the entire country. And his production level matches his placing on where he is, where you're looking at the top center in the league. And these are the top prospects, which means he can't fail, according to what Bledsoe's saying. He's going to be a longtime veteran in the National Football League. Those are the kind of guys you're looking at. You don't want to hear this. This guy's got tremendous upside, still needs to be coach, but then you're talking about him going in the fifth pick, but yet his value's at 15. This is off the Jimmy Johnson value chart. How many times do you see a player taken at five like Mark Sanchez or six or whatever he was where you wouldn't draft him anywhere outside of the 20th pick? But because there's such a need at that position, you overdraft and overpay, and you never get value for that player. You never get the value for that. That's why some teams fail in the draft. You have to look at value at every pick. Linderbaum is the best player at that position where they are at 15 than any other player on the board at any other position. That's why that pick fits, okay? It's not a sexy pick. People in Philly are going to go like this. Shit, man, a center? Really? Dude, shiny lures don't always catch the fish. I've got David Ajabo here. 6'5", 250. And here's where we have to walk here, a fine line, what we're looking for in a reach. I don't think he's a reach. But what I do think is he still is in the developmental stage. In my opinion, if the Eagles were to coach this kid, Ajabo, and they were give him the proper coaching, he, in my opinion, will have more upside than Aiden Hutchinson. Remember something. This guy didn't start playing football until his junior year in high school. He barely was really fundamentally sound by the time he was a senior. We're talking about a guy getting better and better and better and better every single year. This year he had a sensational season. I think he's going to, with the right team and in the right system, my opinion, is he a Micah Parsons? I don't know. But could he be somebody like a Javon Curse like that? Yeah. I think he could be a Javon Curse. Whatever you think of what Javon Curse was, 
I think he could be that guy there. So David Ajabo from Michigan, 6'5", 250. And we're going to talk to Chris Landry about all these guys. Still needs some work, though. And that bugs me when we're talking. But if you see, I like, just like when you watch Dak Prescott's growth. Dak Prescott, from the time he was a freshman at Mississippi State till the time that he left Mississippi State, people couldn't believe the progress. That's what's happened here to David Ajabo. He ever, ever since he stepped on the field at Michigan, it's been leaps when it comes to his progress. And I like the kid. And plus, I like his journey. Here's where I think it's also a slam dunk. I do think Tyler Lindebaum is a perfect pit, pit for the Eagles. But I also think this one here, this last one in the third round, in the uh, third pick in the first round, is also a perfect fit. Andrew Booth, six feet, 200 pounds. This kid's at Clemson. I talked to Dabo Sweeney the other day about him. He said, Dan, this kid is electric. He is absolutely electric. And you're talking about another one of these players. He's the number one rated guy, okay, in his position on man coverage. Not zone coverage. Man coverage. And it's a coin toss between the other kid and Booth on who's the better guy. Six feet, 200 pounds. Again, a value pick. He's the guy that you look at and you go like this. Wow, this guy fits right in. You put him on the other side of Darius Slay, now you're talking about filling holes on your football team. Kelsey, if he's being, you know, in a conversation where he's having to be talked back into playing, he's already got one foot out the door. A lot of years, a lot of banging on Jason Kelsey. I'd love to see Jason Kelsey come back one more season, Linda Baum play behind him, get some reps this year, and learn how to make that transition. Have that guy sit right next to him every single day and have the baton pass that way. Those are the old school way of doing things. And in my opinion, that's what everybody in Philly has to hope for, is that Jason would pass the baton like that. Hey, showing him how to play. Okay, showing him how... How, how to become a professional. So, to me, these players here, Tyler Lindebaum, center out of Iowa, David Ajabo, Michigan, defensive end, 6'5", 250. He's right in that Michael Parsons body, right? He is some ball player, man. I The more I watch him, the more I watch game film on him, the way he gets off the ball, if they could just teach him a little bit better in his hands, and running the hula hoop, you know, when I say running the hula hoop, an actual hula hoop, you put the hula hoop down and you have a guy put his hand inside the hoop. And what he does is he practices going around in a circle. That's how you practice getting the shoulder down and getting it under a offensive tackle because everything is technique. Watch when you're coming around the corner, you're dipping the shoulder and you're swatting and you're swimming over. But then you've got to lean back in. Reggie had the rip, and he had the hook. Nobody ever mastered that. The Reggie White hump throw on the offensive lineman was about as good a move as Jabbar Skyhook. No one's been ever, ever able to duplicate it. 
No one's ever duplicated Reggie White's hump sack move where he just tosses dudes on their head. And no one's ever been able to master the sky hook. The, the two greatest moves, in my opinion, in sports history, one for basketball and one for football. Okay? Okay. Benny says, Dan, why aren't you coaching? I thought about it. I had an opportunity numerous times. I had a chance to go to North Carolina with Butch. I had a chance to go to the Cleveland Browns with Butch. I could have coached with the Raiders. No, I'll take that back. Now coach with the Raiders, but work in their personnel department. And I had an opportunity with Randy Shannon to go down and be the D-line coach. And, you know, I was knee-deep in my career, and I just didn't do it. Sometimes I regret me not doing that. So. No, I've, I've been offered opportunities before to go into the National Football League. Bledsoe offered me a job one time being a scout. You know, I, I, I used to look at game film for the NFL Network. So, yeah, but I've been doing this too long now. The linebacker from Utah, heck of a football player. Hey, yes, that's right. The dream. Curse had that move too. He's great, great but not like the Reggie White move where you could just hump it. So these three guys here, they fit holes here on the team, okay? And especially when you're looking at Tyler Lindebaum. That Lindebaum and Booth, in my opinion, those are the two players that really you can't lose on. The David Ajabo, he could be one of those guys, all of a sudden you're like, where did this guy come from? Remember something, when T.J. Watt came out of college, I think he was a Wisconsin kid. When he came out of college, nobody was doing this. Wow. Holy cow. This guy's going to be the all-time leading sack leader in the history of the National Football League for a regular season. Nobody said that about that guy. But he grew into that position, worked on his technique. That's the kind of stuff you got here with Jabo. Hutchinson got all the publicity, and he'll be a top three pick. Uh, maybe the first pick in the draft. That'll set the tone for... The quarterbacks, which will probably go seven down. It'll be the first year you may not see a quarterback go in the top five picks. Somebody will probably reach up and try to grab Pickett and probably take him before they take the other kid. But I would say that Pickett's probably going to go one, somewhere in the top five in the first round. Maybe five, six, seven in there. Depends again. How how it, it just depends because some organizations panic. Okay? They it's panic here. So news here again. These three players here. Now, this is all under the pretense here of what? This is all under the pretense that Howie's not looking for a quarterback. These see, look, you run two boards. Actually, I would think you would run three boards. Free agency, the draft, what you may want to go after, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, how much would I have to surrender? Because remember, there's a balance here with the Eagles in building this. How much do I surrender of the things that we have built years, the last couple of years, to get all these assets? So that we're going to be better than the Dallas Cowboys. Did you hear Jerry Jones today? Jerry Jones is one pissed off guy. He wouldn't back his coach. 
He knows that they have issues with Amari Cooper and $20 million. The stuff that I mentioned to you yesterday, and they know that they're going to have to restructure Ezekiel Elliott's contract if they want to keep him in the building. They've got major decisions. Their arrow is either straight or down. The Eagles is up and up. Made the playoffs. You went as far as the Cowboys. You kind of stabilized the quarterback position. Not what you want, but you stabilized it. How about this? Did Jalen Hurts have a better season than what Carson Wentz did a year ago? That's stabilizing. Okay? That's stabilizing. All right. Listen, if you have any draft question, bring it to me. I'll ask Chris Landry that 10, that, and we will ask him that question. But I'm going to dissect the Eagles draft coming up. And just some of the questions here. Jalen Hurts, future. Should they look at a quarterback in the draft? 11 draft choices. What direction and how would you stack these draft choices? Three first-rounders, what do you do? Bunch of questions. We're going to break it down. Please hit the like button. Keep it right here on the National Football Show. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. You know you like being right. That's why you should enroll in an Independence Blue Cross plan. It's the health plan chosen by more people than any other. With more doctors and hospitals. More benefits that really rock. More of the coverage you want for the right price, including free doctor visits 24-7. It's a choice you can feel good about. Because when you're right, you're right. And when you've got Independence Blue Cross, you're right where you need to be. Call 1-844-200-2583 today to get an Independence Blue Cross plan. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. 
show your toy grand Silio. Please hit the like button. Thank you, guys. So, again, just to recap here, Tyler Linderbaum, Iowa, David Ajabo, Michigan, edge rusher, and Andrew Booth, cornerback, Clemson. Those would be the three players that I would select for the Eagles in the first round. By the way, do you notice one thing? And don't ask me how I think they'll fit in. What's the one thing that is evident already before we even move on here? These are all needs. If you're addressing needs and a player doesn't pan out, you're not a fortune teller. People miss. The draft is a crapshoot anyway. It's like playing the lottery. But what you try to do is minimize your mistakes, the reaches. The big thing that the Eagles have here, you're going to get two players that most likely are going to play 10 years in Booth and Linderbaum. The Ajabo guy could easily be a flop or the biggest thing that they've had there since Reggie White. That's the potential I think he has. Will he get the proper coaching? He'll get the best coaching that he's ever had with the Eagles, not Michigan. He'll get it in Philly. Um, BF says the job seems a bit small. Really? He's 6'5". He's 250. How you doing, Brian? Appreciate you coming aboard. Bob says DE linebacker. See, linebacker circled that. If that's not an objective on their wish list and how they do things, they're not going to go there. I think they can address wide receivers and free agency. I do like to safety, corner, DB, and get a quarterback late. Yeah, Jabo 6'5", 250. Yes, the kid from Iowa. Yes, he's an outstanding, he's an outstanding scenario where we're looking at here where this kid can make, in my opinion, this kid can really make a difference, can make a gigantic difference. So I think he's got an opportunity at being an exceptional player. So no doubt about it. By the way, let me throw this at you too. Did you see Jerry Jones again, just to bring Jerry up before we get Chris Landry on. Chris is going to go over the Eagle draft here in a second. But Jerry right now is not sure that his head coach is Mike McCarthy. Those are some of the comments being thrown around in Dallas right now because Dan Quinn is getting a boatload of looks. The Dolphins, the Bears, the Vikings, the Broncos all have requested and had interviews. The Raiders all have had interviews with Dan Quinn. They see the impact that he had in Dallas in one year. That was a train wreck of defense. Whatever happened in Atlanta, he's going to get a mulligan. Because let's not forget one thing. He did lead a team to a Super Bowl as head coach and does have an NFC championship to his name. And he's really 30 minutes away from beating Brady and the Patriots in the Super Bowl before all hell broke loose. Quinn's going to get an opportunity. Okay? I, I, I think Dan Quinn could end up becoming the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, and I think they can move on from Mike McCarthy. I believe there's a $12 million number on that, though. Okay? What are realistic expectations for the first round? Yeah, I just gave these three right here. I think fit right down in there. 
I don't think these three guys are going to go in the upper end of the draft. At all, I don't. Maybe they will. And, folks, I've been telling you this. Our NFL expert when it comes to talking about the draft is Chris Landry. You can follow him on Twitter at Landry Football. You can get all of his spectacular stuff. And I've been doing it now, I think, for about 15 years, just following Chris's service here. LandryFootball.com. He breaks down free agency. He breaks, breaks down the draft and tells you everything that you need to know about your favorite football team. So if you have any questions while we're doing this segment, have at it. But we're going to start in Philadelphia here. Chris, appreciate you coming aboard. Thank you so much. And I'll start here with this. Um, Jalen Hurts, in your opinion, is he the future quarterback in Philadelphia? Well, I think for me um... – it's highly debatable that he's going to be a consistent enough passer. Now, what do the Eagles think? I think there needs to be some serious discussions. I think the reality is we don't know yet. I think that they need it, – it would be foolish for them to not least explore some other options to have it because, look, he's still on a rookie contract. Look, I, here's what I always tell guys. You know, be prepared. If he ends up being great, you get somebody – Move on from the somebody, but you don't want to be in a situation where he's not the guy and you've, you've invested everything into it. Take advantage of the fact that he's on the rookie contract. You've played him, let him go ahead and win it, let him earn it, but have somebody else in there because if you don't have somebody else to go to, somebody else is going to be making those decisions. So that would be my advice. So the answer is I'm, I'm not as comfortable thinking that he's going to be the long-term starter there, but I'm going to tell you, Dan, he's performed better than I thought he would at this point. So, hey, that's great. Yeah, that, that helps them with other assets that they have because they got a boatload of them here. And Chris, are you now under, you know, are you, are, are you under the thought process now if you're general manager or you're in a scouting department now in the NFL, you may not use one of your top picks or you may not use one of your premium picks in the first three rounds, but somewhere in my draft, I'm going to draft a quarterback, like maybe later for – for Howie, because you never know if you land on Brady. You never know if you land on somebody who could be a functional backup for you, who could be an asset for you later down the road. Do you believe in at least using one of those picks in the current landscape on how much need there is for the quarterback to draft a QB? I do, provided there's somebody I really like. I don't like saying, yeah, man, yeah, okay. Dan, I don't, I don't like, the, you know, really, we're in the fifth round. I, I, you know, I don't like. Because what I'm doing then is I may be passing on a safety or an edge rusher that's undersized that I think can be a really good player. So I think those late-round picks are more valuable than people think and the percentage of making it. I think there's some players that can be quality starters at every position. But the quarterback position is so overvalued, meaning that guy probably needs to be taken in the top three rounds. Because I really think – Six round. I mean, you just you. I mean, I know it's Brady, and people say, yeah, but Brady, and then name me another one. Uh, Brady, and name me another one. Right, uh, right. Uh, 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 but there's that Brady guy. No, no, no. They just so uh, look. I mean, it's why we're gonna see maybe two or three of these guys quarterbacks go late first round. That probably, in terms of overall value, or more mid second to to early third. But for the reasons that you mentioned. You got to give Kenny Pickett a shot. You got to you, you give Matt Corral a shot. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I'm really comfortable that they're going to be starting quarterbacks 
but they've got a shot in the right situation. And if you don't have one, to your point, yes, you have to get one. And I think if you can find anybody, you never have enough of them because you can always trade them. I mean, they're like real estate. If it's a good piece, you don't have to live in all the houses. You just, it's good rental value, good trade value. So I, I'm all for it. So that's a convoluted way of saying yes, provided there's someone I feel good about. I circled these three guys for the Eagles in their first round. And, you know, I look at value and where I think they're going to be in the draft. And you kind of, it's a crapshoot anyway. So I'm always looking at value. You know, everybody goes, well, I want this player here. I want Hutchinson. Yeah, well, he's probably going to be one of the top three players. You're at like 15, 16, and 19, 14, 15, and 19, I believe it is. So I threw out this one for their first one. I threw out Tyler Linderbaum. It looks like Kelsey's going to call it a career. Um, He looks like a value guy. They say he's 6'3", which usually means to you and me, Chris, he's 6'2". So he's probably somewhere around in there. Maybe like a Mark Stepnoski when Stepnoski came out of pit. Remember, he was a guard. They moved him over. He wasn't the biggest guy on the planet. So in, in, in your opinion, your thoughts on Linderbaum? Love him. I think he's an outstanding player, plays with great, great leverage. Um, this was not the typical Iowa offensive line, which is always good for Kurt. But Tyler was. He was the best center in college football this year. I think he'd be outstanding. I think there'll be some really good players that there may be. What if a Chris Olave is there or somebody at receiver? They'll get, if they play this smart, and I know, boy, they've kind of, you know, licking their wounds about who they took and didn't take there, but you can't, you know, you can't get gun shy there. But I, I love Lindemann. I think he's really good. Whether he's the best fit for him there, you know, Dan, how I always play it is you got to set your board. You don't go in and say, I got set your board. Who do you, who do you think are the best players? And then let the draft come to you because all of a sudden you're at 19. I'm telling you, there's going to be somebody that's number eight on your board that's still there. And you're not going to – and if it's not Linderbaum and he's like 14th on your board, well, at 19, you got to look at who's there that, that's eight on your board or 14 on your board, who's the better player and who that is. That's why the, the draft process is about setting your board, letting your draft come to you. And that also dictates whether you might want to move up. What if you got a guy that – you really love that you think is really an impact with some extra picks. You got some flexibility there to, you know, you move one of them. So, yeah, I think um, the answer question, I think he'd be good for anybody. Certainly would be a good fit with Jason. Uh, and what a great leader he's been. I think he'd be a great fit for them. You know, and, and, and like you said, this whole thing is like a, it's like a chess game. I mean, it, it just depends on how and where things go, what moves are made. You never know on draft day here. Here's my second guy. And to me, I, I wedge him in the middle because the other guy I'm going to talk about in a second, I think is another one of those Lindebaum guys, or I think has a true chance at making a ball team. And for me, Chris, it's, it's, it's more about value where the pick is, how good the talent is at that, because you're trying to alleviate mistakes made in the draft, as far as I'm concerned, when you're overreaching. This could be here. David Ajabo, 6'5", 250, hasn't played a lot of ball, but every game I watched him play, since he was at Michigan, Chris, he's gotten better. And, I mean, I watched the guy run the hula hoop. I watch him as he gets around. I think his technique's a little raw. He'd have to maybe work a little tad bit more on the swim move and maybe a better rip. But his acceleration off the line of scrimmage, I think it's right there with Hutchinson. 
I don't know, man. He looks like a hand in the dirt and a guy you could also stand up because of his athleticism. Your take on Ajabo? Well, he is very explosive as an athlete. I, I don't know that he's going to be there when, when they pick okay. at 19. I mean, he might be gone, but he is everything you said he is. What he is not is the things that you can improve upon. Uh, he hadn't played a lot of ball. For people who don't know his background, you can check it out. But uh, Nigerian background and traveled. So he doesn't really know what he's doing yet, so to speak. But for somebody that doesn't know what he's doing, he does it very aggressively and with a tremendous amount of effort. I think he should be a really good pass rusher. Um, at this point, we'll see. I don't know that he'll be there at 19. But if he is, he'd certainly be someone that would be in the mix. But He's someone that, you know, I would put in that category of a guy that you bring him in, let him rush the passer initially, and then gradually add more to his plate because he'll have to learn the counter move, his use of hands, but his explosive step, his balance, his leverage to, to dip the corner and, and, um, and shorten the edge is something athletically that not a lot of them have. The other guy that I have, there are three first-rounders. I got Andrew Boots, six-foot 200 pounds. They need a cornerback on the other side. So I went offensive line. I went edge rusher. Uh, Howie doesn't like – it's hard to believe that the Eagles haven't drafted a linebacker in the first round in 40 years. I, I just can't believe that number, but it's been a trend of theirs that they haven't drafted anybody in 40 years in the first round that's a linebacker. But you have a corner here that you could put on the other side of Darius Slay. This kid from Clemson. Andrew Booth, from what they're all saying, and plus I talked to Dabo two days ago, and Chris, he says he's everything you would want. Backpedal, everything. Acceleration to the ball. He's a great hitter, great tackler, fundamentally smart. Another guy that's a student of the game, the first guy in, last guy out. All the things you want to hear. He's played in big ball games. Uh, just some of the things that you're hearing on him. What do you think? Well, I've studied him a lot, and you know what I've said about him, I think he does do a really good job of coming out of his pedal, good burst. I think he does have great hips. He can flip his hips, turn and run. I think he shows some ability in off, and I think he's got some ability to jam and press and turn and run with guys. So, um, you know, I think that um, there's some good corners in this draft. Uh, I think there'll be some depth, but he's certainly a good one that that I would consider in that, that kind of later part of the first round, I don't know, 20s to – 25-ish, he'd kind of fit into that category. Just a couple more questions here, Chris. On that. Okay, if you're the general manager of the Eagles and you have 11 picks and three of those are in the first round, um, looking at the draft, now, from what I'm hearing, you tell me more. I'm hearing it's just not a really deep quarterback draft, but there's other positions that are deep, and there's a lot of quality guys that are in this year's draft when it comes to other positions. You have this commodity here. What do you do if you're the Eagles with three first-round picks? And Xander just corrected me here. The picks are 15, 16, and 19. Mm -hmm. You're Howie Roseman. You know you have holes on your football team. Where do you go with those three picks in the first round? Um, this doesn't specifically answer it, but the board will tell you that. So, again, you um, – you got a player that's four or five on your board and you got a chance to move up a few spots. You've got leverage to go up and get that great player that, that you can't get unless you're in that five, six, seven area. 
That might be it moving up. Now, the other thing you do is if you like the way the board has fallen, meaning you got some good quality, but you really don't not excited about moving up because you'd like the overall numbers, meaning you got enough players that you can fill three really good players. But if you think there's that drop off, Dan, it would behoove you to move up if you can, or even move down and get even more players that are in the same category. So the reason why you set up a draft board is to, first of all, grade them correctly and see where the separation is. So people, one of my pet peeves is like on websites and stuff, they say, he's the fifth best corner. What do you think is the fifth best corner? Where are the grades? Do is if, if you're, Say you're talking about a corner, or you know, is the, there's a gap? Is there a gap between the first and the second corner? And maybe there's not much gap between two, three, four, and five. Well, then there's no real value to. It doesn't matter if a guy's three. Uh, you just go up, and you've got numbers that can dictate that for you. So I think they're in great position because they've got flexibility to go up, stay there, go down. So I'm like, well, he's on the fame. That's it. Well, that's where the setting the draft board up correctly and and you're comfortable with it. That's going to dictate where you want to go and go up and get a guy or stay where you are and say, look, we can get. And you literally do that, Dan. You say, would I rather have player A and, you know, player X or would I rather have player uh, M, N, and O? What's better? And you'd literally go through that exercise because the numbers are going to tell you how many of those guys you're capable of getting. So you're not going to, they're not going to really have that answer that we call that draft management draft strategy. And that doesn't happen literally until April, because right now it's, it's the important part is to evaluate players correctly. Cause if you don't have them evaluated correctly, it doesn't matter. They thought Jalen Rager was better than JJ Jefferson. So it doesn't matter about talking about what well, should get this guy, that guy, you got to evaluate them correctly first. And so everything is dictated on that. Final question for you. There's also free agency. They're going to be around $35 million under the salary cap. As we get closer to the cap and the cap gets set. A um, lot of money, a lot of draft choices. Chandler Jones, you think he has anything left in the tank? I know he had 10 and a half sacks, but it's kind of clouded because he had five against Tennessee. And if you really look out for the rest of the season, I know he was injured. I think there was a COVID case somewhere in there. But, I mean, how do you look at Chandler Jones? Because the Eagles could trade or or not trade, but they could also bring him in as a potential fit and throw him in instead of having to draft a guy. How do you see Chandler Jones? Well, one of the things you do with free agency, because it comes before the draft, is you evaluate the players, but there's money tied to it because the draft is slotted with which you pay them. But so in a case like Chandler Jones, what's the value with him? Well, can we get him for a short-term deal? Because you wouldn't want to allocate a lot of money on a three-year deal. And, and, the only way you do that is to offset the money for three years. Well, I prefer to say, let's get them on a short-term deal, give them an option. And, you know, we have an option. I, I'd certainly consider that, but I still think at that position, I'd like to add a younger guy and, and maybe add him too. I think those are, those would be really good value to address that need. But to me, I think you have to compare the guys that are the, the, at the potential spots in, in the board to the 
to the free agents. Um, and, and you can do that. And, but you, if it's close, then you prefer the younger guy because you've got cheaper labor and yeah. you can develop them. There's upside. With Chandler, you, you think he could, I think, have a pretty good year this upcoming year. But you know he's on the downside. He's not as good as he has been. So you have to be careful. That's where teams get into cap troubles. We're, we're going to make that run. We're going to really pay for this guy, plug him in, and it's going to take us to the promised land. And very often it doesn't. You fall short, and then you're in cap jail, and then you're trying to rebuild. Well, they gave up all these picks, and we did this, we did that. We allocated a lot of money. But I think there's a way in their situation, what they'll look at is short-term option for a guy like that relative to taking a guy or even doing both. And the both part really comes down to how much do we like who's on the board there? I, I, I want to let you go, but I want to sneak in one more. This was a Cowboy question here. And this is a final question here for you. Chris, I, I said this yesterday about the Cowboys. You got a $20 million wide receiver. You got a $42 million a year quarterback. This year, you got an $18 million running back. You got guys in the O-line that are overpaid now because of injuries and issues. Are the Cowboys in trouble this offseason here and how they're going to have to restructure that team? Because, boy, they got a lot of money tied up in four dudes. They've got, in my opinion, a lot of structural problems for a lot of reasons. And the bigger issue that leads to what you just talked about, they go, pardon the pun, stargazing too much. They don't understand team building. That's the typical, you know, stargazing approach with the Jones family that we're going to throw this, hey, we're going to throw this and that, and we're going to be great. And there's good talent on the team. It's not a good team. And the reason it's not a good team, there's no accountability in the locker room. The head coach, the players, it's more about what the owner thinks. And you know this, that if your head coach is not the voice of your organization, you're in trouble. So there's no accountability. It's why, you know, people complain about the head coach. Well, who the hell are you going to get? I mean, you think, um, you know, you, you, you look at guys that, that have a chance at other options. Dallas is, you've got real good opportunities, but, but you're dealing with a little bit of a three ring circus. It's, you know, if you're, if you don't empower the locker room and, then it becomes an issue getting guys to play with discipline. Watch that team. They don't play with discipline, and they don't make good decisions that are disciplined decisions, and that's why you've got what I call a spotty roster, and there's no consistency. And because of that and no accountability, you know, you deal with 14 penalties. There's four teams <laughs> this year that had 14 penalties or more in the game. We played 279 NFL games this year. Four of them had 14 penalties or more. Two of them were the Dallas Cowboys. That's, That's typical of what they are. And you'll never be great unless you become a great team. And a great team, as you know, is not a collection of all-stars. It's a collection of good teams that complement one another. And I don't think they do a really good job of it because I don't think they have the right structure. And without that, I think they're always going to – they might hit it one year, but it's – unlikely and it's very inconsistent like you said since 1998 chris record speaks for itself they've won three playoff games they're three and ten so hey chris don't forget everybody you can get chris's information at follow him on twitter at chris landry and also on our, our landry football excuse me and also on the website at landryfootball.com 
He has it all for you. Free agency, NFL, all kinds of deals for you to watch and stay in touch with your favorite football teams. Chris, thank you so much, my friend. Thank you for having me. Appreciate you, Dan. Talk soon. You bet, my friend. Absolutely. Chris Landry breaking it down for you there. So he likes the guys. He doesn't think that Ajabo will be there. I kind of do. We'll talk a little bit more about that. Also, it is a football Friday. Divisional championship games are being played this weekend. Boy, those games are... Derrick Henry's back as well. Please hit the like button. More Eagles, keep it right here on the National Football Show. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub. And in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. You know you like being right. That's why you should enroll in an Independence Blue Cross plan. It's the health plan chosen by more people than any other. With more doctors and hospitals. More benefits that really rock. More of the coverage you want for the right price, including free doctor visits 24-7. It's a choice you can feel good about. Because when you're right, you're right. And when you've got Independence Blue Cross, you're right where you need to be. Call 1-844-200-2583 today to get an Independence Blue Cross plan. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Welcome back, National Football Show. It's your boy Dan Silio. Championship weekend. Well, it's all championship weekend, really, because it's one and done. Divisional games are played this weekend. Then we have the conference title games the following week. Then we have the Super Bowl in two weeks after that. So, again, I, I look at the postseason. You're playing a championship game every weekend, okay? You're playing a championship game just to move on to the next level. You can't look at one game more so than the other. Well, the Super Bowl means more than these wild card games. That's not how you look at it when you're a player. 
They're championship games every weekend. It's one and done, dude. Winner moves on. You go home. You get your U-Haul and you're ready to rack it up. Okay? Make no mistake. This is championship weekend. I like some of these games, man. I really do. I love the Saturday game, 49ers and Packers. 49ers are going up to Green Bay. Like I said to you yesterday, there's no fear in that team, San Francisco. I believe they think they can go up there and win. And by the way, for the record, I believe they can. Dream says top five free agents. Chandler Jones, Chris Godwin, Jordan Whitehead, Hassan Riddick, Harold Landry. Pretty good, man. I like it. I like it. Andrew says that Jabo and Hutchinson got absorbed by the Georgia offensive line. Andrew, it bugged me. I watched both of them that get eat up by those guys. I did. It did bug me. They got knocked off the football. And it, it, it's a championship moment too, right? I'm, I'm, I get you. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking at that too. I watch what Georgia did to both of those guys. And believe me, I'm watching the championship game or the uh, semifinal game, and I'm going like this. Thoughts on J.C. Jackson? Um, let me do more. Uh, Jeremiah, let me do more research on him, okay? Let me do more research. I'm, I don't like to do that. I like to give you my absolute thoughts, and I like to look at guys a little bit more, and I like to watch what they're all about and just not an off-the-top feeling. If you want to throw at me, again, how you see him and where he is, and then I'm going to take a look at him a little bit more. That's what I'm doing right now with all my stuff. I'm looking at the top free agents. I'm looking at the top guys in the draft. I'm looking at guys that are currently on everybody's roster right now because this is where you find gems. This is How about this? Okay? The Rasul Douglases of the world. Those guys, look at what you did when you found a guy that was basically walking the street. You plugged him in, okay? You plugged him into the Packer defense. He's completely changed the entire landscape of how Packer defense is being played. Aaron Rodgers constantly talks about Rasul and his impact that he's had on that team. And that was a guy that was just walking the street. Again, what does that usually tell you? The guy didn't fit a perfect system. I think the kid digs in Dallas. I think they're allowing him to roam too much. I think he is great when he breaks on the ball and when he gets turnovers. But if you're asking me, do I think he's a good man coverage corner? Watch this. I don't really think so. I don't think he's as good as people think he is. Because when you have him matched up man coverage, Diggs in Dallas, in my opinion, I, don't, I, I actually don't see it. Big Seals, Honey Badger's a free agent. I find that hard to believe that the Hunts are going to allow him out of Kansas City. Okay? Art says, Eagles read Hamilton at Lloyd. You'll be going in the right direction. Rasul was trash here. Yeah, Chris, he didn't fit the system of Schwartz. Schwartz wanted him to play more refined. And Rasul's now more in a digs-type defense like they have with Dan. See, here's the thing that Dan Quinn saw, though. He knew that 
Mike Nolan was using digs wrong. He knew that if you lined him up as a man coverage cornerback, he was going to get killed because he still gets killed. But if you allow him more, more space, and how do you do that? Well, you cheat with the freer strong safety over to his side of the field, and you allow him to have help. But when you allow him to do that, you allow him to make big plays. But you know what else you allow? Giving up big plays. Okay? Matt says, hope three quarterbacks get taken before pick 15. That would be big, Mass, because then you're talking about some of the positional kids falling in the draft to you. That would be huge. Is Fournette? Boy, could you imagine having Leonard Fournette? It'd be like having LeGarrette Blunt. Fournette, a free agent. He goes out in the market. If I were the Eagles, I'd sign that guy in five seconds. I actually thought that the Philadelphia Eagles were going to sign him instead of the Buccaneers when he got cut from Jacksonville. I thought that was a perfect fit for them. Nope, didn't go after him, though. He had 750. The year he got cut, the previous year in Jacksonville, he had over 700 receiving yards, I think 77 catches, and I think he had 1,100 rushing yards. And Jags cut him. And I was like, I'll take him. I thought for sure, I thought Leonard Fournette was going to land in Philadelphia. Who do I drop? Whomever's the last dude in the room. Whoever the Eagles think is the last guy in the room, I'm, I'm dumping. For Leonard Fournette, I'm not sure Leonard Fournette is 30. If he's 30, then I'm going to have to have a conversation about bringing somebody like that in. I am, okay? Jerry Jones is one pissed off dude right now. It probably makes every Eagle guy as happy as hell. I do want to talk about these playoff games. I think there's some very interesting matchups. I think everybody is hurt right now. I think the most, probably the most healthiest team in the postseason, I think, has to be the Packers. Now the Titans are getting Derrick Henry back. They've activated him today. 937 yards in eight games he had. He was on pace to break um, Eric Dickerson's 2105 for yards in a single season. I believe he was going to blow right past that. He was on pace to carry the ball 500 times. A little bit more on the Eagles and the draft coming up. I want to reset a little bit what we said in the first hour. I love what Chris Landry was saying. I really appreciate it, guys. Please hit the like button. We'll hit on all these playoff teams. It is a football Friday. Keep it right here on the National Football Show. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. You know you like being right. That's why you should enroll in an Independence Blue Cross plan. It's a health plan chosen by more people than any other, with more doctors and hospitals, 
more benefits that really rock. More of the coverage you want for the right price, including free doctor visits 24-7. It's a choice you can feel good about. Because when you're right, you're right. And when you've got Independence Blue Cross, you're right where you need to be. Call 1-844-200-2583 today to get an Independence Blue Cross plan. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Welcome back. National Football Show, hour number two on a football Friday. Please hit the like button. Thank you guys so much. Had a great two months with you guys. The show has gone to a new level, man. Thank you guys so much for coming aboard. In case you're new to the show, go back and forth. You guys add to the program. You hit the like button. We're all good here. We're going to talk about the divisional games this weekend here in a second. Can I throw this at you too? Are, are you guys, when you guys go out shopping, you guys look for good deals? Do you guys always best product, best deal? Is that fair? We all do that. We're always we're always looking for a deal, right? Always looking for something that maybe I could get value. Okay? Something that I can, you're always looking for it. All right, let me ask you this. How much money do you think it would cost Howie Roseman to sign Antonio Brown? Except shoes. That's right, Chris. Would you take a look at that? How much money do you think that would cost you? League minimum? Million bucks? Million bucks for Antonio Brown. Especially after what you've seen now with... Bruce Aaron's being fined 50 grand for smacking a player in the back of the head. Just a little bit of context to that. I don't know. Maybe that's just the kind of coach that Antonio Brown wasn't really comfortable being around. I'm not making excuses for him. But see, this is what front offices do now. Maybe that just wasn't a perfect fit, and the only reason it worked was because of Brady. Maybe that's the only reason. That relationship in Tampa didn't work because of Bruce Arians and Antonio Bryant. Antonio Antonio Brown. That relationship wasn't there because of those two guys. It was there because Brady made it work. Like he made the relationship with Aaron Hernandez work in New England. Jalen Hurts looks to be the kind of leader that can handle this kind of stuff. 
That's why when I started the show out and I said Odell Beckham Jr. and the Eagles, I don't know, could that be a fit? Guys, we're looking to add people at value here. Matt Hattard says, I take him. Dak fined 25K for his comments on the refs. I don't care. We pay football players to be football players, not choir boys. That's mass. I say this all the time to you, Mass. You don't win championships with choir boys. Shane says Brown wouldn't like Hurts. I'm not sure Antonio Brown has too many options here. You know what I'm saying, Shane? And if he is a tool, cut him. No expense on your head. League minimum. He's one of the fastest guys to 900 catches in league history. And I'm not sure. How old is he? Corey says, I take OBJ any day. Well, if you're going to continue to increase the production of your offensive line by drafting a guy like Tyler Lindebaum from Iowa, and you're going to continue to keep adding components to your offensive line and maybe to your running game, Odell Beckham Jr. and a guy like Antonio Brown would be steals financially for you. Don't tell me what you think of them personally. I don't give a shit what you think of them personally. I'm talking about adding production. John Madden had two rules. Show up on time and play like hell. If you break those two rules, and if one of those tools breaks it, you cut them at no expense. Who cares if it's face? We're trying to win games here. I'm giving you the Jimmy Johnson philosophy here. Jimmy doesn't care what your personality is. You can have all the personality you want. If you show up and make plays, I don't care who you are. I'm going to take you. And there's good at, watch this. Watch him land in Seattle with Russell Wilson. You know, Wilson was making a play for him. Or watch him land in Green Bay. Watch, hey, watch this. Watch Antonio Brown land in Los Angeles with the Rams. It's funny, all those teams, all those teams, it ends up working out like that, right? Okay? That dude says, I don't like Antonio Brown. I don't like him either. But would I want him on my team? Yeah. Why would you want him on your team, Sills? Well, because he makes plays. OBJ's 29, had a knee injury a year ago, starting to look like himself a little bit with a better signal caller. I don't know. And by the way, can I ask you guys this? Watch this. OBJ... This isn't free agency here. A.B., Devontae Smith, Quez Watkins, and Dallas Goddard. If I'm a quarterback that's a free agent out there, like a Russell Wilson, like a Jimmy Garoppolo, like a Deshaun Watson, you put OBJ, Antonio Brown, Devontae Smith, and Dallas Goddard in front of me with the best O-line in football. Um, where's the phone? Hey, um, how come we're not talking to Philly? Well, you know, they didn't have these pieces three weeks ago in the room. And, and, and okay, so wait, you're telling me I'm Russell Wilson, I get the best offensive line, and I have Antonio Brown, and I have OBJ, 
and I have my number one wide receiver, which is the guy that I want to develop into being the number one guy anyway, is Devontae Smith. Devontae Smith's my number one guy. That's got to be a premise. Look, we're going to develop him. You guys could fight out between two and three. You'll get eight to six targets a game. Then the third guy gets four targets. It's up to you. You don't think teams do that? Get on the horn, talk to agents, and try to construct these teams like this? Okay? You make it clear Devontae Smith's my number one guy. Jeremiah, you're already improving the run game with the guy you drafted. Look at what you can do in free agency. I can add quality guys at the perimeter. Attract potentially a big arm free agent. Big game hunting. If I'm not, I'm good with Jalen. No harm, no foul. Remember, we do this all behind closed doors anyway. We're not negotiating in the public like some of these teams do. And in the process, when April comes, I draft my O-line in rounds one and three and six. While on the other end, using the draft to tool the defense and offense. I don't know. You're doing this as the process goes on, too. You understand what I'm saying? You're going through building around Jalen. But as the free agency, which is awesome that it's first and not after the draft. You get a chance to add components to your offense. And then you go big game fishing for one of these potential quarterbacks, Deshaun or Russell, or maybe Garoppolo. You have conversation. If they want too much in the asset of not being able to retool your team, you probably do this. Eh, I can add OBJ in free agency. I don't think there's going to be this gigantor market for him. And that's why he said the Eagles would be one of those teams. A.B., he'll be lucky to get a job. That's how you get a steal on a used car lot. I'll take that. Boy, that's a really great deal. It's only got 14,000 miles on it. It will break down sometimes, though. I don't care. But it's the fastest car in the city. I'll take it. I'll take it. And someone would go, Sills, what if he blows up? Okay. Cost me a game check, and he's out of town. Conduct detrimental, he's out. Okay, hey, A.B., I want you on this. This is how I would tell him. I'd have him sitting across from me. i go, man, I'll tell you what. You're one whale of a talent. And let me just say this to you. I want you on this football team, but here's the deal. You have any kind of issues here, man? Um, we'll cut your ass in five seconds. I, 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 you're in this building because of your talent. I don't know you from a can of paint. I want to get to know you. Okay, I, I think that situation in Tampa could have been handled better by both of you. And I want to see if we can make it work. And if he starts giving me shit about it, I look at him and go, it's not going to work, kid. Call it OBJ up. Tell him the same thing. Look, you're going to be a number two guy. Chris says we're still recovering from T.O. Why are you recovering? He helped get your football team to the Super Bowl. What are you recovering from? Not getting back there again? Come on, man. He helped get you to a Super Bowl. By the way, you did and won at that time. Got it. <laughs> All right? 
You have the same conversation with Odell Beckham. Bro, you're going to be our number two guy. You'll probably get seven to eight targets, but we're trying to develop Devontae. We think he could be somebody special. And we're bringing you in here to help that too because we think that you could be somebody good inside the wide receiving room. Um, yeah, okay. Well, what are you going to do at the quarterback position? Well, we're developing. We really like Jalen, but we're sitting here, and again, everything is negotiable every year. Every player has to show who they are. Every player has to prove their worth every single year. So we'll take it year by year, and this is how we build this organization. That's how I would tell players. And I would tell Odell Beckham, I want you on this team too, but within these card rails. You're going to be the number two guy. I don't care what kind of personality you have. I know you've got over a million Instagram people. I know you've got a million TikTok. I know, you, I know you're a social media influencer. I get all of that. And I'm cool with that. That helps us sell jerseys and everything else. Here's five million bucks. And let's see if we can make this work. Well, eh, you know, I want to go. Now, that's not going to work like that. You're not using us to shop things around. Well, okay, then fine. Then you go back into the draft. You've got so much commodity and so many assets. One of these guys wants to be a dick to you in free agency. Okay, I'll draft a guy cheaper, have to develop him, and I'll whack Rager. You're out of here, kid. I'd bring that guy into my room and do this. Jalen, you're not, you're not going to be – when free agency starts, you're being released from your contract. Okay? And we'll absorb the salary cap hit. You're out of here. This is not happening. Creates a space in the room already. Cut him as meaty as you possibly can. Saving face, this is not what this is about. This is about building your football team. You've got the commodity, too, because you've also put the team in the postseason. And nothing that Jalen Rager did helped that team get to the postseason. He was a non-factor this year. He was an absolute non-factor. Jeremiah says, okay, now back to reality, folks. That was fun and full. Well, what do you, dude, this is how they're talking right now in free agency. Matt Hatter says, T.O. was the best receiver we had in 2000s. For sure. I'd take T.O. Over, all over again. Of course you would, Paul. Of course you would. So when you're talking about building this football team, you've got so many avenues that you can go down and so many areas that the Eagles can slide down on to where, get this, free agency, guy doesn't want to fit in, we'll go into the draft. This is where Howie is. I'd rather have a balance of free agents and draft choices as we go into minicamp. I'd like to see some veteran guys. What's the price tag for Chandler Jones? Remember something. You know, remember when Clowney went into the open market, he wanted to get $20 million a year? I kept doing this. He'll never get $20 million. He's never had a double-digit double sack year in his entire career. Do you know that? This guy was looking for $20 million. He was kicking the tires with the Eagles last year. He was kicking the tires with the Eagles. And he wanted $20 million. The Eagles said, absolutely no way. Okay? Absolutely no way. Jeremiah says OBJ won't be coming here, but AB is in an interesting position. You got to chew the fat on that. Listen, I, I, 
I find it hard to believe that OBJ is going to stay with the Los Angeles Rams and be the third dude in the room behind Woods. You know what that means, Jeremiah? That means Odell Beckham Jr. gets three targets a game. You think that's how he wants to end his career? Getting three targets a game, 30 yards, maybe five touchdowns a year? I don't think that's how he wants to end it. And they're not going to give him the number two hole because Woods was very productive. Look at the game that he had against the Buccaneers. What was it, two years ago or a year ago where he had an absolutely sensational game against the Bucs? I'm talking Woods. I'm not talking Cooper Cup. Okay? He's not staying in L.A. to be the third guy. That guy's ego is too big for that. He wants to be at minimum. And you've got to be talking about a guy like Adams in Green Bay. He, he would be cool with being the number two guy to Devontae. You know why? Because he knows that Devontae hasn't solidified being number one yet. You see, that's the problem they have in Dallas. Amari Cooper makes the money, but the guy who's really the guy that they've established is the number two guy, CeeDee Lamb. That's why that offense struggles in moving the chains through the air especially in critical third down plays. You've got it all screwed up. The one guy has been established as the one guy, and he's the second guy. And Amari Cooper goes, the, the, the guy goes, I don't know, he goes cold or something. Does Casper the ghost in the postseason? I mean, right? Every time you see him in the postseason, Amari Cooper is where? Nowhere. All right, I want, to get, I want to get into some of these games and get your thoughts on it. Um, look, I think these divisional games, I've said this before about the NFL. I think the divisional matchups and the conference championship weeks are the two best weeks in professional football. We're going to do Cincinnati versus Tennessee. We'll do the San Francisco 49ers. I'm going to give you my prediction. Versus Green Bay, that's Saturday. Then the Sunday matchups, Rams and Buccaneers at Raymond James. By the way, all the home teams are favored. And the Bills go into Arrowhead to take on the Chiefs. That'll end the Sunday games. Guys, look at the quarterbacks here. And really, outside of Tannehill, take a look at this. Joe Burrow. And you would have to say maybe Jimmy G, but Jimmy G's gotten to a Super Bowl. Aaron Rodgers, Matthew Stafford, Tom Brady, <laughs> Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. This is pretty damn good. All right, guys, do me a favor. Please hit the like button. We'll look at the divisional games, a little more in the Eagle draft. Keep it right here on the National Football Show. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. 
Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. You know you like being right. That's why you should enroll in an Independence Blue Cross plan. It's the health plan chosen by more people than any other. With more doctors and hospitals, more benefits that really rock, more of the coverage you want for the right price, including free doctor visits 24-7. It's a choice you can feel good about. Because when you're right, you're right. And when you've got Independence Blue Cross, you're right where you need to be. Call 1-844-200-2583 today to get an Independence Blue Cross plan. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Welcome back, National Football Show. Jerry Jones would make that move to take Mike McCarthy out of the head coaching position and put Dan Quinn in there. That's a new conversation going around Dallas right now. Jerry went on his radio show today and he was not happy, was not thrilled with the direction of the football team, especially late in the season. And he would not commit to Mike McCarthy. He said there may be player changes and also coaching changes. Dan Quinn's getting a boatload of looks. And he's going to get another shot to be a coach. And if you're Jerry Jones, are you going to let that guy out of the building? The last time you let a coach like that out of the building that had that kind of impact on your team was Sean Payton. Dude, if I'm him, man, I don't know if I'm letting somebody like that just walk out the building. So keep an eye on that. So. Um, Dan Quinn could be slid in as the new head football coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Mark my words on that. That's not a given that um, that Mike McCarthy is going to be coaching that football team moving forward here. All right. Um, W2 says, get Jalen Hurts a damn QB coach. Do you know who I would love to have for his quarterback coach? He's a friend of mine. Um. You know, I, I, let me let me think about it before I say it because he's up for a couple coordinating jobs. Let me let me let me let me hang in there before I say anything there because he he has an opportunity to get that job, and you want to make sure that he gets the best coaching, right? You want to make sure. Jay says, "God, please let someone hire Gannon." 
Hugh says, Hurts needs arm strength improvement big time. Jordan Palmer, somebody brought that up to me too. And I said this to him, and I'll say the name now. I'd like to see Ken Dorsey become his, um, his quarterback coach. He's now working with Josh Allen up in uh, Buffalo. And Ken has received opportunities to become the coordinator at the University of Miami. Alabama has talked to him about a, a controlled job with the passing game. I know that there's other opportunities that he has out there when it comes to off OCs with the new coaches that potentially will take over. I know the Raiders have reached out to Ken Dorsey as well. That could be an opportunity also to bring into Philadelphia if you're Nick Sirianni. Do you really want to bring in a guy who knows how to develop? There is no doubt Josh Allen's growth because of what they've done up there with the offensive coordinator and with Sean McDermott. He has just elevated his game from where he started from to where he is right now. Look at how far he's closed that gap between him and Patrick Mahomes. You get him a quality coach with a guy like – hey, and by the way, look, look at Brady's coaches. Think about this, guys. Jeremiah, uh, Jalen better get to networking. How about this? The 2-1-5, think about this, for instance. Okay, so you're talking about Tom Brady's offensive coordinators when he was there, the Bill O'Briens, okay, the Josh McDaniels, the Charlie Weisses, the people that all have worked with him, all with success in the NFL. You can say whatever you want about Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien won division titles with the Houston Texans with guys like T.J. Yates. I wasn't happy the way he called the Alabama offense this year, but he's just not a very good general manager. That doesn't mean that he's not a good head coach. Look at the job that he did at Penn State, too. Right after the whole paternal stuff, he's not a bad coach. He's just a bad GM. Okay? Chico says Joe Burrow said he needed to improve his arm strength. That's what Brady did. And, hey, Chico, tell me you don't see more arm strength this year with Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow's arm strength, there's no way that's the same guy that threw the football last year. Okay? There's no way. 215, Ken Dorsey drafted a couple years back. Yeah, he was the quarterback on that 2001 National Championship Hurricane football team, considered the greatest team of all time. He, he was the quarterback on that team, and they really had a great run, and he was, I think, a late draft choice, and he's been in coaching now ever since, and he's been doing a fine job too. He's coming up the, um, he's coming up the ranks. In my opinion, he's going to be an offensive coordinator somewhere big. The job that he's done with Josh Allen has been sensational. All right, let me get over to here, and I'm going to get you guys' thoughts on some of these games here. By the way, please hit the like button. You guys have been great. I mean, thank you so much here on a football Friday. Let's talk about these games here. Let's talk about these divisional games here. Let's start it out with Cincinnati, Tennessee. Who do you like? Now, here's the surrounding, okay, sidebars to this game. Henry's back. Bengals are banged up in the O-line. Banged up in the running back area, too, with Mixon. They've got a hell of an attack. Burrow is as good as it gets. The more I watch Joe Burrow, the more I see a young Tom Brady. Smile says Titans. Dion says Tennessee by 14. Look at you guys. 
215 Titans. Brian says Titans. Okay. Titans defense. All right. I'm going to go here. I say Derrick Henry gets 25 carries. I think he goes for 117. And I think they run the Bengals back into the offseason. And I say it's 27-19. And I say Tennessee is the most disrespected number one seed I think I have ever in my life seen. I like it. Eastside, I'll take the Oilers. Yeah. Hey, Dre, I think Tennessee beats them up too. Now you get Henry back. And from what I'm understanding, it was like he never missed a beat. He had 937 at the eight-game mark of the season. That dude was well on his way of going 2105, man. What an absolutely insane back. And, hey, they're disrespected, right? You don't hear anybody going, hey, man, what about Tennessee and the job that they did? They're the number one seed in the AFC. They're the team that got to buy. They're, they're the team that was able to rest even more so Derrick Henry to get him back going against the Cincinnati Bengals. I like Tennessee also. Tennessee 27-19. 49ers and Packers. Who do you got in this one here? Andrew says that the Titans are a together team. Ed, they remind me of the Eagles. That's right. Matt Hatter. Derrick Henry changes everything, even though they still won without him. Niners-Packers. This is the game of the weekend. And, well, maybe Bills and Chiefs, too. Look at that. 49ers upset, Packers smile. Eastside monster, wow, 49ers, Chris Packers. Okay? Tebow going to go wild. Chico, man, 49ers running up the middle. That double dude, that dude, discount double check, romp. Packers romp. Jeremiah says Packers. All right. Bully ball must be going with the Niners. All right, let me throw this at you here. Here's how I see this game playing out. I think this game is close. Smile, I think we're in the same room. I think this game is close. I think it gets into the third quarter, and it's somewhere like 17-14. And they've got great pressure on Rodgers, and this thing has been a tug of war for three quarters. I think they get into the fourth quarter and I think Rodgers is just going to do something. And I think he's going to do something magical late in this ball game. And I think this game is a one possession football game. This will be the toughest game of the weekend. I really think this will be a pretty, one of those, one of those absolutely amazing ball games where you see somebody make a game that you're going to remember. And I think Rodgers makes that play. I know I've been telling you, I think the 49ers can go up there and win. I do. I do. But I just can't see Rodgers laying down. He knows how much is on the line. 24-17. I got the Packers winning this ball game. Drace says, Pack not good against the run. Only real weakness. That's the scary part. The magical COVID toe. 49ers aren't stopping Adams either. I think A-Rod is going to have to be the guy. He is. He's going to – W-2. He's going to have to make a play late. 
in that ball game for them to win this game. 49ers are going to go up there. They're not going to be intimidated. Kyle Shanahan has had Matt LaFleur's number, especially in the postseason. They've waxed them. And I think this weekend it's going to be one of those games. Rodgers makes a play. 24-17, Green Bay wins at home at Lambeau and moves on to the NFC Championship game. Sunday, Rams and Bucks. Who do you got? Rams lose Woods. Beckham stepped up. Rams running game has actually started stepping up. The Buccaneers, they seem tired. Especially with injuries at the tackle position and center position. Smile says Rams. Eastside says, I think in order for Green Bay to win, Aaron Jones needs to do something awesome. Probably so, but I'm saying the other Aaron. Chris says Rams. Rams by two scores. Wow. Bucks, Brady, 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 Mad Hatter. Brady, enough said. Hard to go against that guy. Jeremiah says, I'd like to say Rams, but Brady. Bucks in a close one. Stafford gives that ball up. Okay. Bucks O line, just not in the same shape. Rams by two scores. Fresh Prince, Rams versus Packers in the NFC Championship game. All right, let me give you my spin on this. I'm concerned about the Buccaneers on offense, especially in the O line. They do get their backs back, Jones and Fournette. Um, I think the center and the tackle are going to go. That doesn't mean they're going to be going at 100%. So in my opinion, Rams have been playing pretty good ball. They've been starting to get a little bit more aggressive in the run game, which has helped out their run defense, believe it or not, keeping them off the field and keeping them fresher. Believe it or not, Aaron Donald is going to be a factor in this. They've got to control him. Because what's the one thing that Brady struggles with? You guys know, remember, we've gone over this a couple times. What's the one thing that Tom Brady struggles with? Internal pressure. Pressure up the gut. If they get pressure up the gut and you got an injured center and Donald's in there and he's moving the pocket back, this is what the Eagles did in the Super Bowl to him. It wasn't so much the blitzing and the perimeter pressure that got to him. It was the fact that Brady, when he had to step up, he couldn't because the inside pressure got to him. How many times did you see Tom Brady walk right into a sack in that Super Bowl with the Eagles? I mean, he, he, he dropped back and he stepped right up into a sack because of the internal pressure that got to him. That was one of the main reasons that the Eagles won that game. That's right. W2 says Eagles had four to five sacks with with massive pressure and with a passive line. I mean, they they ended up getting, though, the internal pressure that they needed. Chico says Rams by 10. Remember the Saints game. Pressure between the cheeks. That's right, brother. Here's what I have. Man, betting against Brady. Can the Rams win on the road? Will Stafford give it up? 
He's so turnover prone. Brady, 60 minutes of football versus Matt Stafford and 60 minutes of football. Jesus, criminy. I agree. I cannot go against Tom Brady. I, I, I just can't. 27-26, Buccaneers. I can't take Stafford. Stafford's beat him, though. He beat him this year. But that's like saying with Drew Brees won those two regular season games last year. Well, you know, Brees is going to do it in the postseason. Bucks won those games. 60 minutes of football. Brady knows how to manage these games. He knows how to keep his teams close. The Bucks defense. Yeah, there's no doubt the Rams are not going to be able to run the football too in this ball game. 27-26. I got to go Bucks and Tom Brady here. Bills and Chiefs. Wow. This is the face of the league. Okay? This is the face of the league with these two young quarterbacks. And as I've said to you, we've talked about Jalen and his, his growth. Can he continue to grow like Josh Allen? When both of these guys came out of college, I mean, Patrick Mahomes had it right away. Even though he didn't play in his first year and he was behind Alex Smith, he had it. I see people, Kansas City, Kansas City, Bills, Ramsey picks Brady. Patrick Mahomes in the Chiefs by 13, okay? When Mahomes came out of college and he burst onto the scene in his first starting year, his second year, everyone was like this, holy shit, this guy's got it from day one. He's just got it. He's just one of these dudes, man. The Bills were doing this with Josh Allen. I don't know. Then all of a sudden, he kind of – then he got really great. Then he kind of walked it back a bit. This year – didn't they have two shutouts, the Bills? I mean, they floored a couple teams, including Kansas City at Arrowhead. They, they're not going to be afraid going into Arrowhead. They've won already. They've won that game. Josh Allen's got that moccasin on the wall already. So these two teams are not going to be afraid. I do think Kansas City's gotten better, though. That dude says Big Red. Chris says Chiefs by 10. Chiefs versus Bills going to be a fight to the death. It really is. It's going to be another 60-minute ball game. This thing's going to come down to last possession, in my opinion. Chris, I agree. It's been a little bit of a roller coaster this year for him. It has been a roller coaster. This is what I think goes on here. I think the Bills go into Kansas City. And unlike many of you, okay, I personally think that you're going to see, I think the Bills go in there, and I think you're going to see the Bills roll them. I think the Bills are powerful right now. I think the Bills are playing as good a football as the 49ers right now. And I got the Bills going in there, running the football. Josh Allen has been spectacular. He has been spectacular. I think Kansas City is going to have all their hands filled when it comes to being able to stop their attack. It is really like like the old Mouse Davis offense. You know that run and shoot? This kid gets down the line of scrimmage. He takes off. He creates yardage. He's got a cannon for an arm. He's accurate. I know sometimes, too, he goes through these streaks where he's not accurate. Well, the last month and a half, he has been awesome. 
they have been in playoff mode, in my opinion, Buffalo, for the last real month and a half. Because remember, they had to catch New England. New England had the upper hand in the AFC East. So the Bills have been in kind of playoff mode. Okay? Allen gets 100 yards rushing. Underdog parlay is to play for 100 bucks. Diggs, special player, too. You know, you, you know when they got him from Minnesota, Stephon Diggs, and they put him on that Buffalo Bills offense. By the way, let me show you something here, too. You know how you guys say some of these guys won't want to come to Philadelphia to play? Let me ask you something. You think Jefferson enjoys playing in Minnesota? Do you think Stephon Diggs enjoys playing in Buffalo? Do you think Adams enjoys playing in Green Bay? Those small cities and those freezing cities. Do you think they enjoy being in those cities? Buffalo, Green Bay, and Minneapolis. You know, when you guys go, well, nobody, nobody wants to go to Philly. Well, what are you talking about? Oh, yeah, so I see. Everybody's running to Buffalo, Minneapolis, right? You're running to those cities and Green Bay, Wisconsin. No, they know where their bread's buttered. They know if they get an opportunity, they're going to be able, okay? They're going to be able to get touches. Sander just brings up, yeah, they've got the quarterbacks. I get that. I get that. But you do have a playoff quarterback here. And when you say that, well, how about this? Julio Jones went to Tennessee. And I didn't think, you think Julio Jones looks at Ryan Tannehill and goes, hey, that's the next Dan Marino. You think Julio Jones is going like this? That guy right there? I'm telling you, man. I'm going to have 10 targets this year. He's going to make me into a, the pro bowler I was before. Ryan Tannehill. Holy shit, man. That's the guy. I don't think Julio Jones was saying that. Julio Jones was looking at Tennessee because Tennessee gave him the best chance to get to the postseason again and be somebody special. Julio doesn't need regular season numbers anymore. He needs Julian Edelman numbers in the postseason. Julio Jones is a Hall of Fame guy. Now he's playing with a quarterback. I don't know. Jalen Hurts 2.0. Okay. We're not talking about what was the one year they got to the AFC championship game? What's the one year where he had eight passes in the postseason total in three games? Right? I mean, I don't think he went there to Tennessee because he thought he was going to get 14 targets, especially when you got Brown on the other side. These guys don't go there because it gives them a chance for the postseason. That's why when I tell you, a wide receiver like OBJ, OBJ doesn't need to do anything else in the regular season. OBJ's now looking at the postseason. And the only thing we know about Odell Beckham in the postseason is that he took a boat ride once. Okay? That's the most famous thing he's done. Now, to this previous playoff game that he just played in against the Cardinals. Threw a pass. Hey, I remember that. Caught a touchdown pass. Had 91 yards in total offense. Holy shit. I couldn't tell you really any game that he had this year where I went, oh, I don't know. These guys are all looking for legacies now. 
Look at Diggs. Diggs. Diggs goes from Minneapolis to Buffalo. Okay. Hey, Kirk Cousins, he was in the top three in passing yards this year. Top five in passing yards. What's the difference? Buffalo gives him a chance to win. Buffalo gives him a shot to win. I say Buffalo wins that ball game. I do. All right. Guys, please hit the like button. I want to reset a little bit how we started the program out on the Eagle draft. We'll get back into that, plus a little bit on the Odell Beckham. Should be a great divisional weekend. Please hit that like button. You keep it right here on the National Football Show. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. you like being right that's why you should enroll in an independence blue cross plan it's the health plan chosen by more people than any other with more doctors and hospitals more benefits that really rock more of the coverage you want for the right price including free doctor visits 24 7 it's a choice you can feel good about because when you're right you're right and when you've got independence blue cross you're right where you need to be call 1-844-200-2583 today to get an independence blue cross plan Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Welcome back. National Football Show. Your boy Dan Silio here. So just to recap here, by the way, please hit the like button. Guys have been sensational. I've got the Titans 27-19, the Saturday games. Packers 24-17 over the 49ers. The Rams game, I got the Buccaneers 27-26. And I'm going to go here 31-17. 
Bills over the Chiefs. I think Patrick Mahomes has had a great year, but I think Josh Allen, I think is going to get, so your AFC championship games, get this, your AFC championship is going to be Bills and Titans, and your NFC championship will be Packers and Buccaneers. Brady, Aaron Rodgers again at Lambeau. How you doing? <laughs> hey, I want to see that movie again. Yeah, W2, I, I do. I think the Bills are rolling right now. I think the Buffalo Bills, after what they did and what Josh Allen did to a good Patriots team, I don't think Kansas City's that good on defense. And I think that Buffalo will run right through that Kansas City defense. Kansas City defense, in my opinion, is not as good as the Patriots defense, nor is the coaching. I think Andy's a fine coach. I, I, I really do. I think Belichick's better. You know, some people would make the argument that Andy Reid is a better coach today than Bill Belichick is today. But that's only because the quarterback is in the conversation now, too. you got Patrick Mahomes. He's got a very young Mac Jones. Look at what a quarterback can do to a narrative and how people look at you and how you're coaching. Would you say right now that Kansas City and Andy Reid um, and Andy right now is a better coach than Belichick? I don't know if he's a better coach. I know he's got better talent. Remember something. Anytime that you come out of dynasties and you've been doing something for 20 years, and you've got to make a course correction. Remember something about the Patriots. Okay? The, the Patriots have had to make a course correction from the Brady era. They had one down year, and it was truly because of COVID. I still think that the Patriots were a decent ball team. What were they, 7-9 last year? I thought they were okay. I'd like to have seen what Cam Newton would have done last year going into Kansas City. That game was pretty close for three quarters. W2, I think Allen's a freak also. Okay, I do. Matt Hatter says players make coaches great. I actually, you know what, brother? I think it's quarterbacks make coaches great. Okay. Hey, just to recap here, just to get everybody's, you know, understanding of where I was going here. Again, Zink Donahue, uh, Zadanu, his agent, Odell Beckham's agent. Floated around the idea that, listen, this coming offseason, um, Odell Beckham is going to, he's going to be shopping around for a place on where he wants to play football. And Philly's on that list. Okay? Don't ask me why. I am just the messenger here. Here's why, though. Got to remember something. In, in Los Angeles, he's not going to be comfortable with the number three spot. He's just not. He's going to be looking at minimum to be a two because remember something look at a salary you're not going to pay Odell Beckham giant money to be a third dude behind Cooper Cup you're not going to outpay Cooper Cup if you're Odell Beckham Beckham's shown that he could be again um surrounded by star power and be a guy who could be a factor on a football team I think he's kind of reinvented himself a little bit here in Los Angeles okay big Chris has got 40 21 Chiefs so just think about that. Beckham is going to be shopping around. Miami's also on that list. Obviously, it could be a place that he'd want to play ball. He's from the South. 
So just keep that out there that Odell Beckham Jr. would be interested in potentially playing for the Eagles here. You know, I, I started the program out talking about the draft. And funny, Xander and I hit on this guy yesterday a little bit. And just to recap here, we're going to be looking more into like rounds two, three, four, and five, the direction, filling needs. Remember something on how I always do a draft. I always will look at what the biggest need is on a football team. I'll look at the player, look at the coordinator, look at the city, look at the organization, how they develop. Would we not agree the Pittsburgh Steelers find these wide receivers God from knows where. I mean, they find Juju Schuster, Antonio Brown. Um, go go down in the Heinz Ward. Wasn't Heinz Ward a uh, a quarterback at Syracuse at one time? I thought he was a quarterback, like in college, and they converted him. The Steelers, Antonio Brown, all of that stuff. They have found guys and. The, the Wallace kid that was on the team back in the day with Roethlisberger that went to Miami, Mike Wallace, I think his name was. That guy was a, that guy was a pro bowler. That's right, Burris. Got him from Michigan State. They are notoriously great at finding wide receivers. There's certain organizations that are known for being able to develop that particular position. You got the best offensive line coach in the National Football League. You probably have the best offensive line coach in all of football, college and pro. Why not bring a guy in from the draft, have him developed while you have him, the best coach in the NFL and in college football? You bring in the kid Linderbaum, you sit him behind Kelsey, you pray Kelsey plays one more year. If he's not, you still draft a kid, you put him in there, and you get him his bumps and bruises. I talked to Chris Landry in the first hour about the kid. He loves the guy. Will he be there will be the question. And I saw some of you guys on what you guys said. You got to hope that there's at least three quarterbacks drafted in the first 15 picks. Hope that quarterbacks go. The kid corral from Ole Miss and Pickett. You're praying those two guys and maybe an outlier guy ends up getting drafted, that'll slide every one of those position players down. The David Ajabos, who I like number two on my list. You put him in that conversation too, okay? Chris thinks that Ajabo may be a top 10 guy. That tells you what the league thinks of him. I think he's more down in the 15-16 area, somewhere down in there. But there's guys that are going to look at him and go, Man, I see Micah Parsons all over this kid. Okay? Yeah, he does smile. He thinks David Ajabo is going to go somewhere up near 12th. Maybe a couple picks right before the Eagles get an opportunity. That's why I'm saying you're going to want to get Corral and you're going to want to get Pickett drafted somewhere in between 10 and 15 for this thing to work where you're going to see Tyler Lindebaum, because let me tell you something too, guys. Drafting an offensive lineman today is almost as important as drafting a quarterback. That's why you don't see a lot of free agent guys out there that are still in uh, in their prime or still have a lot of uh, gas in the tank. The Washington team didn't want to get rid of Trent Williams. 
They wanted nothing to do with that, but he didn't want to be in that organization any longer. They had to make a trade. Orlando Brown, Kansas City Chiefs, had to restructure their entire offensive line to get him. You don't see a lot of these guys on the open market like this. And then I got the kid, Andrew Booth. Now, according to Chris, Chris thinks that there's going to be quite a few guys that are going to be good corners and free safeties and strong safeties that are going to be able to, you're going to be able to go like this. Gee, do I like P versus O? Which one do I like more? What guy fits my system? You know, like I said, Xander and I were talking about, it's not that this is a bad draft. This is going to be a draft where you're going to be able to actually get value for your player that you're picking and not have to put a king's ransom up for it. So you're going to get an opportunity to improve your football team. So again, I got Tyler Lindebaum, 6'3", 290, Iowa Center, with the first pick in the third for the Eagles. David Ajabo, I think we're going to have to get some luck to get him. I'd like to get – I want him with the second pick, not the first pick. You need to be correct on that first pick. And if Ajabo goes first and you take him and you miss out on Lindebaum, that's something you don't want to have happen. I'd rather take the for sure guy here because Ajabo is still, in my opinion, a work in progress. And then you take Booth. I like the kid. I like Clemson. I like Dabo Sweeney. And I like the way that they develop. All right, guys. You guys have been awesome here on a football Friday. Again, like I said, I've got the Titans over Cincinnati, 27-19. I got the Packers over the Niners, 24-17. I got the Bucks in a close one, 27-26 over the Rams. And I've got the Bills in an upset of the Chiefs in Kansas City, 31-17. Please hit the like button. Should be a lot to hit on on Monday. We'll talk a little bit more with our friend Gary from Fox 29. That'll be on Monday. Have a great weekend. Have a great football weekend. We'll see you on the flip side. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.